Hello, this is Scott George. I'm the Western Executive Director of Local 700, the Editors Guild, and along with me is... Kathy Rapola, the National Executive Director of the Guild. And one of the topics that we wanted to discuss today was the new media residuals, which has been a hot topic um, on social media, which we have purposely stayed out of, right, Kathy? <laughs> yeah, we've made, done our best to stay away from all of the... Uh, kind of sometimes nasty and challenging remarks that are made on social media and to stick to the facts surrounding the actual bullet points of the deal. So in the final round we returned in negotiations, we actually still had on the table our original proposal that was going to be mirroring um, what the DGA and the WGA got. Yeah, I think that we did, right? And Well, we had proposed in the second round, if you remember, a counter to their counter but they rejected it. So when we left the second time, we had reinstituted our original proposal. And when we came back for the final round, that was still on the table. Leading up um, to negotiations, you along with the other heads of the locals had been meeting regularly with the IA to discuss strategy and proposals, um, specifically one to address the pension plan. Can you tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, it, it was one of the key priorities that we all had, in addition to some other things which we'll talk about later in the week. Um, but certainly the new media residuals was one big piece of it. And we had, um, for many months, included in our proposals also a pension increase to the hourly contribution rate, which a few days before we exchanged proposals with the AMPTP, the IA decided that they would not propose that because I think they believed that this new media residual formula that was like what the writers and SAG and DGA got, that that was enough to help funding. And I guess the problem is, in the end, as you know, mm -hmm. we didn't get either. I mean, we got a new media residual, but we didn't get a pension hourly increase, and we did not get the same formula of residuals that we went in there to get. So what is it actually worth? Well, the problem is, I mean, you were there, right? So yeah. we, nobody knows. I mean, they, they admitted it during the negotiations. The only movie that they could cite that would even fall into this new formula now is um, was called uh, Bright. And even in the all of the uh, correspondence that the I has been sent out during this ratification process and the other locals, people admit that you can't really put a dollar figure to it. I mean, it's modeled after you know features that are streamed and released theatrically. And there's budget thresholds and has to be at least 96 minutes long. And there's different budgets for live action and different budgets for animation. And nobody knows what it's worth. And I... Well, and I think what's been, what's been said is that's new money. Um, we don't need that money to fund the pension plan. And we already have that taken care of. But leading up to negotiations, my understanding from having many discussions with you is everybody acknowledged that we're the post-60s and the supplemental is going to continue to drop. And this was the opportunity to get some type of new media formula that would offset that. Yeah, I mean, it was certainly one key piece of what we were you know, attempting to do. Why do you think it would have been important to also propose some type of dollar amount that the employer would have to pay into the pension, you know, to increase what they're currently already paying as opposed to just trying to capture it in um, a new residual formula. I think it became apparent that once we were not going to achieve 
the new media residuals we were looking for and instead settled for something that we couldn't put any monetary uh, figures to, probably would have been prudent to add a proposal to increase the pension contribution rate at that point. And I think you've been pretty consistent. Actually, I know you have with your message (laughs) that you're not claiming that the pension plan in three years from now is going to collapse. You've been more focused on, and I'll let you explain it, on the long term and looking at the future and how this positions us in upcoming um, collective bargaining, you know, negotiations. So yeah, I mean, every time, you know, every time we go into negotiations and we have to spend the bulk of the time talking about the funding of the pension and health plans, it takes away from our ability to make real changes for members in terms of, you know, their day-to-day lives and the working conditions they deal with. So I think it's more, yeah, I think it's the more responsible thing to do is to look at this from a long-term basis, uh, to have shored up enough money now so that next time we weren't fighting about it again. I don't believe that we'll, I've never actually even said, even though things have been attached to things I've said that uh, aren't true and taken out of context, I've never said that the plans will be insolvent in three years. I've never said that the funding's even going to fall below the 65% funding mark in three years. But I do believe that we're going to have real financial issues to deal with in the next round of negotiations. And I think we were in a position now to exercise a lot of leverage. And I would have been more comfortable and would have been certainly more willing to stand behind this deal if we had done that. Kathy, we know that there's been a lot of walls put around how this will actually trigger these residuals. I mean, we talked about Bright a little bit earlier, but I will say one of the funny things is that our members keep talking about is it's got to be 96 minutes. And at the end of the day, they're probably going to be the ones that are forced to edit this stuff out. Um, so it doesn't meet that threshold. Um, yeah. Interesting. And yet the Editor's Guild's the only one opposing this contract. 